Welcome to the Volley Pod, where we're all about coaching kids volleyball. With drills, skills, and scenarios, we keep things fast, fun, and effective. Presented by the Art of Coaching Volleyball, the Volley Pod is your new source for coaching information. Good morning and welcome to the Volley Pod. How are you today, Ty? Davis, I'm doing well. How are things at the uh, Ransom household? Doing well. This was a homecoming week. I'm a teacher, so it was a busy week around campus, but uh, had a lot of fun. All right. All right. It was awesome. So, yeah, but I heard you uh, have some big news. Well, I got a little uh, AOC, another little AOC gig coming up on December 3rd. And and I'm trying to, I got to sell you on it. This is, you're going to love this. This is a uh, JVA kind of uh, clinic for club coaches before your season. Okay. You're getting fired up. You're starting to get ramped up, right? I'm starting to get pumped. Yeah, I know you're out there visiting all your players at all the high school yep. matches. So I see you getting there. And so this will be uh, coaches in the gym running 30 minute sessions. Okay. Uh, and we have coaches like Mike Lingenfelder. Oh, wow. Oh. Wow, the oh, machine. Oh, he is amazing. He, he is, is amazing. absolutely amazing. Uh, and then along with Mike, there's Sarah Roush. Those are the Muncieana coaches. Okay. And then two first align coaches, uh, Eric Voigt and okay. Megan Keck. And then John Shondell from oh, uh, from Boiler Juniors. Wow. And what so a lineup. They're going to have half hour sessions. And then at the end of it, I get to run little 10-minute question and answers. Oh, very cool. So it's going to be fun. I'm looking forward to it. I get to learn from all these coaches, and then I get to learn from all the people who are at the clinic, too, you know, asking Asking questions. questions. And so I'm fired up. That's really cool. So, yeah, so people should check that out. How do... Can can they get involved or can they watch it or? Oh, definitely. Yeah, they're it's on the site, so we'll okay. uh, we'll have a link uh, on the AOC website, and they can jump right in there and sign up for it. It should yeah. be. Uh, I'm fired up. I'm, it's going to be fun. Awesome. Really cool. Really cool. Well, that's awesome. So go ahead and check that out. If you'd like to sign up, please do. That'd be really cool. And and if you've never seen Mike, I mean, hey, he's worth worth it just starting with him. I mean, yes. that guy leads the league in energy and. Oh yeah. He he gets I mean, hey, he gets them going. Yeah, for sure. So that's awesome. So all right, well let's uh let's train, get going. Let's What's get the going. skill? So the skill, the skill guy is, is sort of intermediate advanced serving tactics. Okay. Okay. So we're gonna go a little bit beyond sort of the uh serving simple, in serving in <laughs> right which we want to start and before i get into these obviously all of these are limited by how solid you can actually serve meaning like tech how capable you are at serving well you have to serve in first i think exactly right, right. but and but the one thing i do believe is that kind of like what i was talking about with the arm swings i feel like we practice one type of arm swing too often and there's a lot of variety that we should be using i feel the same way on serving and the biggest thing, and I'm giving away my best tip for winning, but is all the servers should have a pitcher mentality. Ah, okay? and, I like that. And so by that, if you're a pitcher, you don't just go back and throw it in. <laughs> right. That's and I, I think I'm, I'm, I'm uh, guilty of that. Just, hey, use your fastball. Use right. a fastball, use your first tempo, make it float, make it low trajectory. Right. And, and, and we're on kids to have that. But I, I, I would probably argue, and I, I don't think it's an argument. I, I agree with you. I, and I think I'm uh, a little behind in, in your 
recommendation because we're too fastball oriented. Then we play good teams that can hit the fastball and those kids sit back and they're able to take very good serves and pass them to target. Right. Uh, so having that, having that variety, I think it's good. So I'll, I'll let you go, but that that's good stuff. Well, so the reason actually I wanted to, this, this topic came to mind is I saw a video about the blue Jays throwing nothing but fastballs in spring training and they led the league in every category in spring training, but <laughs> it didn't work throughout the regular season. Right. Ah, okay. And so maybe the idea is like, yes, start with some heaters. But before we even get into that, one of the things that servers should know is their serving style. If you ask a pitcher, what type of pitcher are you? They'll know I'm a, I throw heat. I throw, you know, spots I right. throw. And I don't think our servers necessarily know that. Do they have the arm to go throw heat? Some servers just can just heat it up and just, throw it in with tons of sp- right well if they, and, right if they can't hit it you know floating the 38 to 40 then they have to ha- have another they have to have some other pitches exactly and i think that we and i think the kids need to own that that so what type of server are you so that's one of the first things is is can you recognize how you serve so that's the first thing but then the other idea is pitcher mentality meaning like you said, we visualize the passers back there as the uh, hitters. We would love to keep the hitters off balance, so to speak, to where they don't know what's coming next. And that way they don't get comfortable. The more comfortable they are, the more they get in rhythm and the more they can be efficient. Yeah. Right. So the first thing is do give them the heater. Right. But the heater can't be into hip level. It has to be deep and it has to drive up at their chest and still stay in. Right. right. So the heater is just like any other um, in baseball. If you throw a heater right down the middle, it's going to be a home run. Yep. And it's the same thing with uh, with volleyball. If you throw it right down the, the middle, so to speak, right into their platform level, they're going to pass it pretty well, even if they're not elite serve receivers. Yep. Right. Uh, so really, the next thing is, can you get some variation in there? One of the things that we can do more of is the change up in terms of speeds. So just judging is the ball short or deep, I think is a difficult skill. And I think if we can mix that in a little bit more, and that's one thing baseball players obviously do is the change up is like their second pitch they learned. Yep. We should be doing a little bit of that too. And then go ahead. Jason, I love the low trajectory second tempo. Uh, me too. And I- so we, we've been hammering kids on fastballs all in, you know, for the last month. And now we're getting there where they're low trajectory and teams are starting to play us a little better now. They kind of know what we're doing. And so now we're at the time of the season where we have to start practicing that second tempo. But it's still, the thing is, it's not a short serve. It's not yes. going up and down. Right. It's still going to be under our elastic in practice. Yep. So we have the elastic up, and then can we get it to drop instead of from 26 to 30 feet? Can we get it in the 13 foot range? Yes. And can you look the same in your approach as you do it? Yep. Right. So I call that the two bouncer, right? Yep. And two bouncer. That's like probably in my mind, the most efficient serve. If you can do it right, that serve works because either you got to come way up and you, it, there's just not a lot of great answers for it. So anyway, so that's one. And then some curve. Like I wish I would see more side spin on serving. And I know that's, um, not all servers hit a spin serve, but but if they do, can it be, not be going straight over end over end? Right. Can it be going a little bit to the side, working into a seam, working across their body? Yep, working, I, and I like it into that. You know, can it be getting into that you know area one two 
yes. range where it's on that on the right side of their court yep. can it stay behind the setter all the you know all the numbers say that when the ball is behind the setter attacking efficiency goes way down absolutely and i love that right and then seams so one of the things that baseball players don't have and i love this i thought of this what if you had two baseball players and they could both hit the pitch that would be way harder (laughs) (laughs) i kind of like it right i mean maybe it'd be maybe they'd get better at it as they get practiced it but the idea is if you're throwing heat down the middle i mean it, it makes a decision even harder whether they're going to hit it or whether i'm going to hit it so we want to i, utilize I like that analogy that's pretty it's sort of interesting right <laughs> and then um I, I like this idea of serving for effect and i think especially if you don't have big heat what effect are you trying to achieve with your serve? And you were mentioning it's serving behind the setter. Right. Um, maybe we want them to set middle. So I will bring the outside hitter up maybe so that they can pass well enough to run the middle. Or I'll, I don't want them to set outside, so I'll serve this outside hitter deep. But what effect are you trying to have? And they should have an intention. Right. So that's the thing. And then I like this idea, and I'm going to credit this to Justin Condi. You got me thinking about this a lot. This idea of where the ball is is switching hips on a serve receiver. So it, it floats well enough that it starts off on their left and their platform is over there and then it drifts to their right. Okay. This idea of hip switching is really difficult. Oh, I kind of like that name. Yeah. And it's in when the ball's going across your body for you to meet it, it's difficult. Right. So that's one of the things. Is that is it better to serve corner to corner to do that or what it, so, or does it matter? Well, so I think the in my experience the the one you have the most effect on is when you're going 5 to 1 and you try to get it to go from their left hip to their right hip because what okay. will ha- invariably happen is they'll they'll either get it early or late and right. so they'll end okay. up dumping it off. Yeah, so that's something um, that it, I was like, that's a small idea but it actually works great, yep. you know. And then this idea that when a batter comes up in baseball, you know what their strengths are. Do we know the strengths of the serve receiver? Do they like to take it on their left? Do they like to take it in line? Are they? Can they take it overhand? If they can't take it overhand, I mean, I just serve it easy and high, and and make them try to do do it. You know, something like that. And just can we approach it with that mentality of uh, approaching individual weaknesses? And then finally, like you just mentioned a, a little earlier, is get them on the clock, right? So, um, if you can serve it in and hard. That's awesome. Yeah. Right. And I don't, I don't put them on the clock that often. Cause to me, they're on the clock on the gun on the, on the speed on the gun. gun. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And, but not only like rushing their serve, but like okay. how, how many miles per hour is it going? Because if you can hit 90%, 95% in, then it's just going to be even better if you can make that 95% tougher with some yep. speed. So a bunch of stuff to think about there, but just some intermediate serving tactics. And uh, the big one is just think like a pitcher going after a batter. Well, and I think the the one thing that you didn't get into, but the analogy reminded me of it, is when teams get in, you know, we have these teams in our league now that have these heavy offensive rotations with these kids that are, you know, 6'2", 6'3", 6'5", and when they're going through the back row, serve them. It's not that they're not in the in the game, but they're 
their efficiency numbers are way lower than when they're in the front row, which means that, hey, right. we don't want to get them. We, we played one of our rivals the other day, Country Day, and we, we, we spun Bianca through the back row with three straight missed serves. Oh. So the idea that if you're a pitcher and you're pitching against a 125 hitter, I love that it. you don't need your best stuff necessarily, you're not going for corners. You're saying, hey, we're going to make this guy hit it. And I think I there's like times when our servers, they're in this, hey, I'm serve mentality. I'm a fast, I'm, I'm hitting my fastball. But if they're missing their fastball I love and it. the other team can't side out, it's like, wait a minute. We, <laughs> yeah. These are the rotations where we're going to get points. Right. <laughs> we can't spin these big guys through the back row. I think that's a great point. It's like you don't, you don't uh, throw strikes right down the middle to Barry Bonds. You want to put him on base, right? But So you may need to throw really, really tough as he's in the front row. Um, but but if they can't hit, then just make them make them earn it. Right. Well, and hey, when those kids are in the front row, if their side out efficiency is super high, we miss a tough serve. Okay. Goes out by a foot. It's like, oh, hey, that's a good miss. Okay. But it's a bad miss if they, you know they're twenty can't points score. below and you know their side out efficiency or something. Right. No, I like that. That's really cool. So. so. Awesome. So some tactics. So that brings us to the scenario. Oh, so you're gonna scenario? you're gonna like this scenario. So this is one uh, that coaches have heard, and it can be emotional for coaches, I know, and emotional for players. And the situation is, a player comes to you uh, and says, "Hey, uh, I've lost my confidence." Uh, Usually it has to do with a playing time issue. So the player maybe was used to playing a lot, whether it be on your team or another team. And then all of a sudden in the current role, the player isn't playing as much. So now the player is going in, in, uh, you know, times when subs are put in a lot of times that's when you're not doing well. And then that player goes in the game and isn't playing close to their potential. And you see it as a coach, you go, okay, well, I'm putting that player in the sub role and she's not playing well. She's not playing close to her potential. So player comes to you and says, hey, uh, I'm losing my confidence. And, you know, what do you do? Let's start with you. What do you have? I have a couple of ideas, but. And well, first of all, it's a, it's a great, scenario so I, I love it and it's kind of a chicken and the egg thing and we talked about this briefly in the pre-pod like the one thing that i believe is that players confidence does not come from external factors or shouldn't come from external factors often it does let me reframe that often it does but hopefully it doesn't so if something like playing time is external it's external to you and you don't really have full control over it. And so my thing is, ideally, the player's confidence comes from within. Now, that's so much easier said. I'm saying that as a 45-year-old man when I was Well, and, yeah, 16, and I think, difficult. yeah, and I think anytime if, hey, if I'm playing tennis and I'm not playing well. Uh, it's frustration. Hey, in. Yeah. it's, hey, it's, you know, the you know, results of my play are going to have, are going to influence my confidence. Absolutely. So, yeah. And there's a realism to it, but I'm, the hope is that, especially in the short term, the short term results don't affect your long-term confidence. That's well, hope. hopefully that's the that's case. The hope. But, and, and I think there's the one thing that I, I think as coaches, we can get a little defensive because we've heard this complaint from parents. Right. 
this is and so that's why when i hear that i'm a little defensive because well, often uh, it's it's you're doing this to me exactly well and it's hey this other coach when my kid was playing all the time this other coach was instilling confidence it was such right. a great coach right. because my my kid had so much confidence because the kid never came off the court right and all of a sudden now same player is in a sub role it's oh you rip the confidence from my child. <laughs> right. And yeah, and that's where the defensiveness comes in a little bit. But if we can be a little bit open to it. So so yeah, let's hear what so you So I think that's yeah. big. And then I want to build on that being open to it because okay. that's where we're going to start. We're going to start with uh, the idea is a player comes to you. And first of all, it's, hey, it's tough for players to come to coaches. I'm an old guy. I've been coaching a long time. I'm coaching, you know, 14, 15, 16 year old girls, uh, for them to come to me and, and approach me individually is take some courage on their part. Yeah. So I want to reinforce that. So the first thing I always want to tell the players, Hey, thanks for coming to me and talking to me. I have influence over a lot of these things. Mm -hmm. I'm the, I'm the head coach. So you're talking to the right person rather than complaining to your boyfriend, your mother, father, dog, whomever. It's a good point. Uh, secondly, can I approach it as the coach that, hey, we're going to engage in a conversation about this, that I'm not going to fix this player with a lecture. And I think as a young coach, I was probably more in the trying to fix it with a lecture. Mm -hmm. And now I'm into, okay, well, how are we going to engage in this conversation? Well, and I, and I kind of just did that, meaning I kind of just lectured just when we were just talking about it just now it should be this you should be getting your confidence from this where that's not really a conversation that's me just telling the player what exactly right. right so how do you do that well hey we can begin by asking some questions to get some clarification right. and and then listening to those answers and just simple things to get players talking a little bit about it like number one hey has this ever happened to you before okay. in any other time in your uh, life, whether it be your sport life on another team, whether it be in a certain class you've had, uh, has this ever happened before? And tell me that story. What's that? What was it like? Uh, and then as far as this situation, when did this start? Give me kind of the origin story of this loss of confidence. Tell okay. me a little more about it. I need more information. Uh, describe how it feels. I like tell me how this feels and give me some specifics maybe. I, can I, I really like that one as a psych sort of focused person because that's bringing empathy into the situation. You're, you're allowing them to express how they feel so that you can have some feeling of that similar feeling. I like that a lot. Yep. Uh, and then the last one is starting to kind of edge them out of their own head a little bit. Okay. And the question is, hey, do you think this happens to college and pro players? Mm. I like that a lot. And if so, what causes this? And you know, what? How do you think they deal with it? And what is it like there? Getting them solution oriented. Well, and that's moving them to kind of the second part. Right. And the second part is asking some questions to explore solutions. Right. Awesome. And then we ask, okay, well, what do you think about those college players? If if they're in that situation, what do they do? Right. How do they do it? And that gets us into some solutions. And from there, 
we begin to brainstorm solutions okay. and you might even do it in a very uh, kind of prescriptive way. It's, hey, let's think of all the things that could be done. Not that that anyone could do who was in this situation. Okay. Not you necessarily. I don't want you to close it off to, well, I wouldn't do that. No, just anything anybody would do. Okay. And let's go back and forth. Okay. So we'll do, we'll, we'll, we'll simulate it right now. So I'll say the first one. Okay. Uh, I have a great sports psychology book that deals with this exact thing. You could read some excerpts from that. Okay. Um, you could maybe play me as a server, even though I'm a setter. Oh, okay. Uh, how about uh, some mental skills training as far as visualizations or meditation? Okay. I like that. And then maybe just a little bit more positive feedback in practice if I'm doing the right thing. Cool. So we go back and forth on all of those. I like it. And then at the end of that, we might say, hey, let's do this. Let's take a little time. I want you to think about those. Think about one or two that resonate with you. And let's come in tomorrow and, uh, and think if there's any more that we forgot. And I'll think too. And then we'll come in tomorrow. We'll give it a little time to percolate. And then we'll come in tomorrow. We'll start a little. We'll, we'll make a plan. I like it. I like it a lot. Cooperative. And, and uh, then we get, uh, you know, hopefully we we have, uh, you know, they have to take ownership of it. Right. And it's not me. Hey, here's how I'm going to fix it for you. Go and get your head straight and come back. Right. And that right. might have been my approach as a younger coach. Yeah. I, I think that's awesome. I think it's it's cooperative. It's empathetic. It's it's a it's a way for them to start really engaging the thought process that goes around the decision making that you have to make. I love it. Well, and if, if, you know, we've been doing this a couple of years, Davis, and you know, we, we talk about kind of big picture life lesson stuff. Right. Are they going to be losing confidence in other aspects of their life? And can we teach them some kind of systematic approach that can help them in a bunch of different contexts? Right. I like that. You explore the situation, then you start to get to some solutions, then you come up with a plan. Yep. That's a life skill. And it keeps me from getting this edgy, emotional, like you're pissed at me because you're not playing. Right. And I'm edgy about it. Like, like get, you're questioning me and, right. and more of, hey, we got to make sure that, you know, we're, my job is to help you, you know, reach your potential. And I know right now you're not playing as well as you can. And I'm going to help you do that. Right. And and to that point, I think a lot of times that particular situation where they're, they're going from playing a lot to playing a little, it's hard to play well in a very, in a shorter period oh, of time. I tell them all the time. Hey, I tell our, I tell our players all the time. I said, Hey, it's easy to be a starter. Right. You know, like on my team right now, Masa she, for God's sakes, she's on the court, six rotations. She's passing in two person. She's playing outside hitter. And we're setting right. her a ton of balls. Yeah. It's easy to be Masa she, if she shanks a ball, she hits a ball out. I don't pull her, right. you know, yeah. but if I put a sub in and they shank a ball and hit a ball out, I probably pull them back out. <laughs> right. right. So, and, and there goes the, to the appreciation, right? Like we appreciate what you're doing, even in this role. Well, that- right. And I try to really say that, Hey, this is a way tougher role. Yeah. And then, Hey, your job's way tougher. It's easy to be a starter. Yeah. We value you. It's you're doing well. Keep up the good work. Yep. Yeah. I love it. Awesome. So great stuff. All right. How about Um, some videos? What do you have for us? So for the videos on serving, I brought in one video from my own stuff that I just made. It's going to be on our YouTube channel. 
not this coming Thursday, but next Thursday. Okay. So as, as soon as we release this um, pod, the video will be on there, and it's called Serving Golf. Okay. Okay, All and right. it's a game that I've, I haven't seen on anything. In fact, I think I made it up, although maybe not, because you know how coaches are. Yeah. No. And but the, the good thing is now we're so old that we steal stuff, but we forget <laughs> where we got them so now they're ours <laughs> <That's right. laughs> and so here's the how the game works and, and all the little elements of it i like so you and i rock the paper scissors so let's go okay, ready okay. Rock, paper, paper scissors shoot okay you got uh paper uh rock i got scissors you won you can serve whether to go first or second and i always like to see whether they like to go first or second okay so i'll tell you the game and you can decide we're going to both serve and there's three possible outcomes yes for you yes for me well, it, double yes, double no, or one yes and one no. Okay. Those are the three situations. Okay. okay. And a yes will be defined by whatever we say is a quote unquote good serve, a yes. Okay. Okay. So a lot of times with, with the deep float, it'll be fast, flat floater. That's, you know, halfway up okay. the antenna, something like that. So you, you'll decide whether you want to go first or second. Yep. Do you want to go first or second? I want to go second. Second. Okay. And I love seeing the philosophy that people take on this, right? Yep. So you want the pressure on you. Some yep. people want to go first and put the pressure on them. Yep. Anyways, so whatever. So I'm going to serve. I serve my serve and I do a good one. Okay. Now it's to you to make a good one. And if you do, one of two things is, well, one thing is going to happen that point will push to the next round and the next round is worth two points and you don't want points. Okay. But if I made a good one and you miss yours right now or make a one that's not a yes, yep. then you get the point and you don't want points. Oh, you don't want points. So I just made a yes. So let's see what happens with your serve right here. Okay. I hit one, it bounced off the tape and came back. So bounced. I'm going tough. You're going tough. No. But I got a point on that. All right. You get a point. All right. You don't so want points. So it's like points. golf because I want a low score. Exactly. But now I... I just, I just six putted when I didn't six putted. I only lost. I just, you, you, you get right. right. You parred, I bogey. Exactly. And so now you get the point. Now, what I love about this game is that it is the best game I found to building real pressure because almost every round there's some sort of peer pressure to either make the serve. Cool. Okay. Next is the box drill just for deep, effective serves from Joy Teets. Um, she's the director of Minnesota Select. All right. And this basically is just a different way of, I've seen of doing the box drill for serving deep. She sets the box straight up on the end line, um, actually behind the end line, so that it has, it has to hit the box, not on the fly, but on the bounce. Oh, on the bounce. So driving oh, them deep. Okay, I like that. Yeah. And then the next one is from the University of Tuck. Uh, Kentucky, Craig Skinner, who's an awesome coach. Skinner, good guy. Yes. Too. And um, he just has this create variation, right? And I love this idea. Like, you're going to do serving drills. Don't just have them serve deep floats all the time. Do different stuff. And even within the short period that you're going to serve, have them mix it up. So that's our drills. They'll be available for you guys on the Art of Coaching to check it out. Great stuff. Great stuff. So now we're going to get into the resource of the, the week. Resource. So the resource. The resource is actually a coach. Oh, and okay. by the name of Anson Dorrance. Oh, I haven't heard of Anson Dorrance. <laughs> Anson Dorrance is a legendary North Carolina 
women's soccer coach. Absolutely. And the cool stuff is he has a couple books. One is called The Man Watching. That's one of my favorites. And uh, he's got a bunch of stuff on YouTube. But mm -hmm. the cool thing is there's a bunch of stuff on AOC because oh, cool. he's good friends with Terry Laskevich. Oh, okay. Awesome. And so those guys are tight. And so Anson did a bunch of... Uh, uh, a bunch of little clinics at uh, AOC clinic some years ago. And so it's all online. It's all on wow. the AOC. So we'll open up a couple of those as well. So cool. uh, and then from there, uh, you know, you can check him out on YouTube. He's got a bunch of uh, a different. Uh, uh, well, I'll give you just a couple of his uh, topics here on AOC. Uh, what you can learn about greatness from Mia Hamm. Uh, coaching women versus coaching men. Coaching uh, coaches need different strategies for different players. So he has a bunch of these topics. And this guy is, I mean, you, you listen to him for five minutes and you understand immediately, hey, when you're, it's the old Marv Dumphy thing when he's around uh, John Wood and he's all in the presence of greatness, you know, it's just, it's yeah. just there. You oh, know? Yeah. And, and I mean, if people don't know, he's one of the winningest coaches in any sport. Oh yeah. Uh, credited with winning, uh, credited with sort of creating the competitive cauldron. Yep. The cauldron I mean, is, yeah. Many, many Olympians, like this guy just knows about winning. Yep. So, and when, and it relates across all sports. So Definitely. such a cool resource. So awesome. Well, we hit a bunch of rad stuff this week. Um, we talked about we talked about the skill of uh, serving tactics, right? Our skill was serving tactics, intermediate and uh, advanced serving tactics. Then we went into the scenario of when a player's players losing confidence, confidence comes low, to you with low confidence, right? And what are you going to do about that? Then we talked about the drills that will be available to you, and we talked about the resource, which is also on the AOC website, Anson Dorrance. Awesome stuff this week. And we talked about the Upcoming. December 3rd JVA Club virtual clinic, clinic, virtual yeah. clinic. It'll be great. You can tune awesome. in and it'll be it'll be a lot of fun. Super great. Once again, wonderful episode. Thanks for being on, Todd. Thanks, Davis. Have a good one. Bye-bye.